When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hey, Lewis. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Uh, better than this morning. Thank you. You're very welcome. I'm glad that you're feeling better. Yeah, exhaustion and heat does not go with the cure. Most definitely not. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> so right. I just want to say welcome to the show. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. And so for today's podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we're actually going to have a little bit of movie news. We're going to be talking about, let's see here. We actually had some breaking news today that actually happened where a couple of the movie theater chains made up a deal Hmm. where AMC theaters uh, forged a historical deal allowing uh, theaters to actually play movies for a couple of weeks. And after that, it goes straight to uh, VOD. Hmm. And then... We have a little bit of Halloween news for Halloween Kills. And then I'm going to be doing a short Creep Show uh, review from the TV series of yeah. Creep Show from Shudder. <clears throat> so that's what we're going to be doing for tonight. Oh, yeah. Not only that, but I just want to say uh, congratulations on interviewing Crichton. Oh, thank you. It's, uh, he had a very interesting documentary, and there's a lot of things I, we can really dig deep uh, because he had a interesting life uh, so far. So uh, I, I was my pleasure to have him on uh, on the show. Oh, most definitely. He is definitely a character. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, let's start so, this. Okay. So, like I mentioned, you know, Universal – actually striked up a deal with AMC theaters with Forge, uh, and they forged a historical deal allowing theatrical releases to debut on premium VOD early. So what happens is this. You can actually go to the movie theaters, and I think for a couple of weeks they'll go on ahead and they'll play at the movie theaters, and then after that it's going to be streamed on VOD. And I'm just wondering, how do you feel about that? Well, like, it, does Universal have their own VOD service? I don't think so, because if that was the case, I don't know uh, what company actually put out The Hunt. I'm not sure if that was Universal or it was WB hmm. that did that. But I know for a fact, if they're doing this for VOD, it's going to be $20 for a rental. Okay, uh, so it's not, okay, it's not streaming service, is VOD. Yeah, I mean, yep. it, it, it makes sense. Um, <clears throat> you have to find ways. Certain people are not, you know, willing to take the risk, uh, but still want to see the movie. So, what's the alternative uh, in this instance? Is they would download it, right? Um, right. They just oh, screw it. I'm not putting my my parents uh, at risk, etc. Why not? I'll download it. The, the you know, Universal wants to avoid that, uh, and a lot of people are conscious. You know, a lot of people have the choice if they have the choice of renting it or buying it. Uh, not renting, but downloading or buying it, um, they want to support the movie business. So they'll do that. So it, it's a very, very, very uh, smart idea. Uh, and I'm probably, um, we're probably going to see a lot of those in the near future. 
except maybe for Disney because I think they wanted their own uh, theater chain. Right. Yeah, I remember a while back, I think Christian was talking about that, right? Where yep. different studios were wanting to actually buy their own studios, and Disney was one of them that he brought up. Mm, it makes sense. They, they, they have enough cash for that, that's for sure. That's for sure. Another thing, too, that I want to mention is this. Okay, so they're going to be playing a movie for 17 days at the movie theaters. After yep. 17 days, it goes to VOD. Which is fair. And I understand that $20 to rent a movie is actually pretty cheap if you actually think about it. By the time you actually pay for gas, by the time you actually go mm-hmm. out to eat, you're paying about 40 to $60 alone on that. Then you want popcorn. That's another 100 and something dollars. So you're saving money just by staying at home and renting a movie for 20 bucks. And of course, I feel like this. With studios, they want to make their money back as fast as they can, and they can't make it off of five or six dollars alone mm. with a movie like this. So, of course, they want to actually charge twenty dollars to rent a movie. Yeah, and not all depends though. Let's say it's twenty bucks a pop, but what they didn't reveal is, you know, it's twenty bucks, uh, twenty dollars for the standard. If you want HD, it's forty. If you want the three D version, it's sixty. I just hope they're not going to go tears, right? Uh, if they're offering at twenty dollars a pop, I want to have. Uh, if my TV can give me that capacity, I want to have the quality I would have in a in the AMC theater, right? Don't don't right. dumb down your quality to make more money uh, because you can uh, put it at a higher price, you know. Most definitely, I definitely feel you on that one too because I feel the same way. I want to actually experience it uh, the way I would actually experience it on the big screen rather than at my house. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to actually have that same experience, but it's also kind of hard to actually do that though too, because you don't have everybody that you're surrounded with to actually have that kind of environment and atmosphere to where you can actually feel part of the crowd. Yeah. As well. You see, you see uh, one thing I thought about recently kind of ties in with this, a while back, I know Christian Harloff was talking about um, uh, uh, Steven Spielberg investing money and time into this like home theater uh, box that you would have movies that are playing in a cinema and you can rent them for like 60 bucks and have movie parties at your house, right? And COVID-19 seemed like be like the best option uh, for that kind of technology. And you don't, we, we didn't hear about it at all. And then we have this kind of news, right? Do you right. think it it opens up the, the the possibility for those kind of like exclusive uh, machines that have uh, movie uh, movies that are in theaters, but you can uh, download them exclusively on that product on that machine? I can definitely see that happening now. Like before, I remember when Mark Ellis was actually making a joke. He goes, "Okay, you guys can come over to my house, and I'll charge thirty dollars a pop over at my house mm. and everything. Just don't touch my beer." Don't touch yeah. my course. <laughs> so I remember him talking about that. And at that time and everything, we were just laughing our asses off because we didn't expect something like a pandemic like this to happen. Mm-hmm. We thought that theaters would actually be around forever. We thought the same way of us doing stuff everyday life mm. was still going to be the norm. Now look at us now. Now we are actually not laughing at Steven Spielberg now. Now we're actually saying, you know what, Steven, you might actually have a point here that you can actually pave the way to actually open the doors to where we can actually do this now. But you would think for, from like the beginning of, of the pandemic and theater shutting down, 
you would hear something from Steven and his company and everything. And from my knowledge, it's pretty silent. So uh, if it's not his stuff, it probably is going to be like, you know, AMC or uh, movie chains. Um, and and you, you'll probably see more and more alliances with one movie chain, right? Not, not Universal, but next, you know, you have Universal and you know, Blumhouse. Uh, and then, you know, uh, you got, I don't know, WB. So you have three... Right. Uh, th- three agreements with three um, movie release uh, companies on one box, and then you have another box who has the other ones, right? Uh, but right. it's the future of cinema, and sadly, um, it's gonna hurt the it's gonna hurt the theaters. But at least uh, for the really really uh, worth it movies, like the uh, the Marvel movies and uh, the the big screen popcorn movies, we, you also have a chance to see them two weeks in um, in theater. But that's gonna also change the movie going experience because before you had a month, right? Uh, or right. you know, or if if uh, a movie was always sold out, uh, it would take a bit of time before you can start going to see the movie. Now, like you have a week, you know, if you're uh, in Cuba th- that week, well, good luck to you. You're not you're never gonna see it in a big screen, so it's gonna be a bit different. Most definitely, and not only that, but let's say for instance that you're looking at the show times and you're looking at those reserved seats. And let's say, for instance, that COVID's done, okay? Mm. And you see those reserved seats, and they're all filled. You're like, okay, well, you know what? Instead of me going to the theater, I can just go ahead, have my own soda, have my own popcorn here, and I'll just rent the movie for $20. And yeah. do it that way. But, and again, like, let's not take off the, the, the actual experience and actual value of being in the theaters and having reactions with other people and seeing it in a screen that would never fit your house unless you're, you know, your name, your name is Bill Gates, you know? Uh, right. It's, it, it, there is an experience attached to movie going, uh, and it's definitely going to be changed, but I, I think there's enough demand uh, for moviegoers in a big screen having uh, a popcorn that they probably, you know, every movie theater puts cocaine in them or something because they're addictive that you can never achieve at your home. Um, there's, a, there's something special about that. Uh, now, one thing I find interesting, though, like if you think about it, Universal, it's their deal, right? So the next Jurassic World and or the next like uh, Fast and Furious basically um, will stay uh, in theaters for 17 days going via VOD, right? Those are the type of movies right. that, you know, do very well for a very long uh, ex- extent of period of time, right? So they can re- really rack up a lot of money because it's in theaters longer than certain movies, now you put it on for 17 days in cinema and then VOD. Isn't that going to hurt their box office more than help them? Uh, just for the, the convenience of it, uh, it's it's going to be have less impact, less seats in the cinema, and people are going to rent it. But how much are they going to rent? Uh, and they might have missed out on something on money that they could have accumulated in like in four to six weeks. Exactly. I also feel like, too, this would actually cause a split between the box office. Because don't forget, we also count on the overseas box office, too, to make mm. up the totals. Yeah. So I wonder if how that's actually going to work out, too. Do VODs actually release at the same time as overseas, or are they going to release at a different time? How is that going to work out? That's another thing, too, another factor to actually factor in as well. Yeah. And, and, and just for this deal itself, Let's let's not like forget Universal and AMC were were a feud, right? So uh, yeah, they they put a deal, right? They they put aside their their feud, but how long is that gonna last? I mean, 
look at Sony and 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 Disney, right? They had something they worked out. No one thought it would be possible. Everyone is excited, but then you heard in the background, and eh, there's some trouble in paradise here. Maybe something's gonna happen. Maybe they're gonna. So just because you have a relationship right now does not mean that we're able always to find a middle ground and find solutions to the problems because it's a good idea, but there's going to be bumpy road. Uh, it's going to be a bumpy road to make this happen because they're the first ones that are pioneers doing this. And what happens usually to pioneers, they get all the bugs and they can, they rarely are the ones that, that fix it. It's usually the next companies with the ideas that actually perfect it. Right. So they're, right. they're, they're trying to do something no one's ever done. And they had a feud in the past for me, it's kind of a, a recipe for disaster uh, because you wouldn't want to have a better relationship before um, being forced almost doing this. Most definitely, because I feel like that this is actually going to cause a split. This is actually going to cause them to actually force the whole entire turning the forcing somebody to turn their arm to doing something like this. You know, mm. I just I don't know how this is actually going to play out. I don't know. I just don't like the fact... This is what I actually said. I said this on my movie page and everything. And, you know, I feel like this is a sad day for cinema mm. in a certain sense. Because I love the movie-going experience. I love going to the movie theaters because there's something... This is what I said. I said that... Bad news, indeed. I love some of the series on the streamers, but for a movie, nothing beats the cinema experience mm -hmm. making a classic and a masterpiece of a movie isn't just the production values but put into the movie but watch watching it on the big screen reducing this window is one step to losing this experience as of yet i have never seen a classic show first on the small screen and i think i never will a classic is made and can only become a classic if first and that's what i said yeah, and and it, it just—I mean—and and the movies that really like, let's say you know the, the surprises, right? That the ones that are not supposed to make a lot of money, and finally end up doing an incredible amount of money, like John Wick, etc. Right? Um, it, if it would have been in this format, like seventeen weeks in cinema, and then bam, VOD, that it that called status and that money might have never happened right i'm looking at on the ones that are are going to go in vod and that's coming out soon right and one of them stands out it's bill and ted face the music i've been waiting for this mu uh, movie for such a long time right and if Same it's a call class you got you got keanu reese you got the, the guys back together and they have daughters and it, it, it might actually do better than most people expected but bam it comes out on august 28th and then September 1st, you got on VOD. For me, that makes no sense. It doesn't. It really doesn't. And it upsets me that I won't get to see this movie. Because like I said on JoeBlow.com site, I said I was so excited to see Bill and Ted in the theaters for the very first time. Because I only saw them on VHS. Mm. So I never got the chance to actually see them in the theater. So for mm. me, this will be my first movie-going experience to see Bill and Ted face the music. And now I feel like it's just been snatched away from me. And I won't get that movie-going experience like I wanted to. Yeah. And then the, the, the big question is, like, 17 days in the VOD, right? But is it going to stay still in the cinema after, like, 18, 19, 20 days? You just have the second option of VOD? Or it just goes away? I think that's away? what it might come down to. 
I, okay. I hope it just doesn't go away because if it just goes away, yeah, they're not making their money yet, profit that way. Okay, but so if it does stay in the theater, hmm? yeah. Okay, no, no. I was gonna say uh, you're right. Like, if it does stay in the theater, the they're doubling up their money, but it's it's still gonna, in a business standpoint, it still makes no sense for AMC because yeah, they'll have 17 days in cinema, then VOD, and then cool for the the the, the movie studios, right? But they make their money right. off of popcorn. They make their money off of merchandise, the food and stuff, right? So if you're exactly. if you're like cutting in half uh, the people are, who are going to go in 18 days and up uh, by half, let's say, and that's half of your popcorn revenue, how are you going to stay in business? Exactly. And not only that, but if you think about it like this, AMC was already a billion dollars in debt before the coronavirus. And then the coronavirus happened, they're even more in debt. So how are they going to make that profits back by doing this? Okay, maybe one thing. By Universal actually uh, actually putting their foot in, what if AMC becomes Unifer- Universal uh, Theaters? That's actually a pretty uh, good idea, to be honest with you. Yeah. And you know what? They could actually do it this way. Universal can come in, don't change anything at all because they don't really know anything about running a movie theater Mm. if you think about it they only know how to make movies so what they do is they go ahead they keep the same staff and everything and they go about it that way they keep the same staff the same people everything else the name just changes but they keep the staff now the question is do you do exclusively universal movies like Disney are planning to do with their theaters and like and release also older universal movies that you never thought you would see in the cinema or because if that's the case it's going to be hard to see certain kind of movies if uh, if certain movie theaters go specifically on I don't know let, let's say there's like it's Blumhouse and WB and then you got Universal and Paramount and then you got Disney if you don't have like a Disney theater, like the closest one, it's like an hour away uh, because you live in a small city. Well, good luck to you. Your only option is VOD 18 days after, right? Right. right. Well, another thing, though, too, they could always do this. They could play the regular movies like they normally do and have one theater open just for like the classics. Mm. And that will be only be like at nine o'clock at night or something, because that's what they do here is they go on ahead, they have a classic movie night mm. where they show one classic movie and you can go to one of those classic movies and see it for that for maybe two days or three days mm. and everything. So they could go that route. Yeah, but you still have the problem, like let's say in a, in a week, right? You got the, the, the summer blockbusters. You got the really important movies that are like the, the population has been waiting for. Now, they all come at the same time usually, right? Um, right. there's like a very small window for the really, really big, high-grossing movies. So let's say you have three of them coming out, but one is, you know, Universal, the other one is Warner Bros., and the other one is Disney. Um, finish the times that you go in, uh, I'm going to w- go watch Aladdin, and then I'm going to go watch Fast and Furious, I'll do a, a, a double, right? Uh, you can't do that anymore uh, because they're separate studios. Or if, if there, you only have one um, one studio uh, theater near you, uh, you're only relying on what they're 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 coming out. If you want to see a, a Disney movie and you're not lucky enough um, to have one close to your house, you only have a Universal one. 
well, you're kind of screwed, right? So it's there's a lot of logistics like that. You have to think how it's going to affect the population. Um, and maybe that's what they want. Maybe that's what they want too. That you kind of get like uh, area controls. Like uh, Milwaukee has mostly universal. The universal uh, theaters are much more um, are much more popular. So Milwaukee becomes a, a very high universal type uh, city for movies. But you then get California. That's a lot more Disney. So you might have war territories. Most definitely. And I'm wondering too. Like maybe. Universal goes on ahead, lets them run their business like they usually do, and they they go on ahead. They show other studio movies. It's just Universal theaters. Yeah, but the, it, but what's the point if you have Universal? True. I mean, especially if if you're going because I think Disney is serious about it. If you're going like exclusives, right, and you have like partnerships with. Uh, a studio and a theater and you don't have to have any more like let's say okay in a movie theater most of the uh, money like we all know is made by food right why because the uh, the studios take so much out of uh, of um, the revenue uh, right, a third of it yeah, exactly so that doesn't leave that much for uh, the movie studios right but it, uh, for the, the theaters but if the movie studio has their own theater do you really think they want to pay uh, a, a pay a third to Disney, their rival, um, or, or, or Warner Bros. their other rival, uh, for distributing their movie just to get a part of uh, of the money and hope they can make money off a of, of popcorn, or have exclusively all just Universal movies and not pay anything back and making full revenue with full uh, merchandise. And, and food revenue. It makes a lot more sense doing your own catalog and having something you control that you don't have to pay for. That's true. That is a very good point on that part. I didn't think about that. Because they can actually double or triple their profit doing it that exactly. way. Exactly. If you don't have to spend money on, on other studios' things, you just concentrate on your own. That, that's that's a gold mine right there. And that's where the, the trap lies. If every movie studio starts doing that, well, you, you're going to have to you're gonna have to hope that you know you got you got a movie theater that is associated with the studio of the movie you want to watch. Hence, maybe why the rest is going of VOD, right? Uh, if it's, you only have to wait 18 days, uh, it's not that bad. You can rent it after, but it still sucks. You you're still cutting uh, the movie experience for some movies that, uh, let's say, Avatar is the second one is beyond the most beautiful graphics you've ever seen but you don't have a movie theater or the one you have is very far away that actually plays that. Well, you might've missed out on another, um, another event. Great movie experience. Exactly. Right. I definitely see that. And that's actually, like I said, that's actually a good point that you actually bring up because they could be a limited theaters near you. Because here's the thing. I actually live about two hours away from an AMC theater. In order for me to go to an AMC theater, I have to go to New Orleans. And New Orleans is like a two-hour a two-hour drive. Mm. That's just an example of what you're talking about. Yeah. If they did decide to do a Universal. So, yeah, so yeah imagine so the, the next Jurassic Park movie, you would have to drive two hours to see it. Uh, that's, 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 that sucks. <laughs> it does. It really does. Because then you have to be like, okay, I guess I have to wait 17 days so I can watch it on VOD. Exactly. Instead. Uh, anyways. Mm-hmm. Let, let's just hope it doesn't come to that because then you'll, 
it's ah, uh, anyways, yeah. I don't have much else to say than just I hope it doesn't come to that because it's it's just gonna it's gonna make the movie experience so different that you're gonna be like limited to only one or two studios' catalog. That you know you're gonna be forced to spend your money on movies you might not necessarily want to watch. You can always discover interesting ones, but you would prefer putting money in Jurassic World, but you can't because you have to uh, go through hours. Is not the movie experience I'm looking for. Definitely, and another thing too, you brought up uh, Avatar. Mm. Did you know that Avatar and Aquaman two is actually gonna be released on the same day? Oh, crap. No, I did not. Yeah. Uh, December 16th, 2022 is when Aquaman's dropping. Hmm. And then you also have Avatar on December 16th of 2022 dropping on that same day. So my question is this. If you're a person from WB or from, you know, where they actually have you know, Avatar, which is Universal, mm-hmm. which one would you go ahead and move? Move? What do you mean by move? Like, move the uh, to a different release date. Which movie oh. would you prefer them to move it to? Because one of them has to move. This is just like the same thing with the Batman versus Superman yeah. and Captain America Civil yeah. War thing all um, over again. Sadly, I think WB is going to have to move. I, I think it's um, it's going to be Aquaman. Because Avatar 2, as much as it's not the most anticipated movie because it was more of a visual fest and, you know, once it's done, it's done. It's cool, but you don't watch it for the storyline, right? Uh, but it's still a proven commodity. It, it broke world records. It's uh, visually probably going to be a stunning movie and still break world records. Uh, WB has, you know, it, it, it has... They have to prove themselves. They're reorganizing... Uh, they are, you know, taking chances. Uh, they're they're in rebuild mode. So if you're in rebuild mode and have to like launch uh, a second tier to your DCU and hope it works and not have like a good movie, a bad movie, a good movie, a bad movie, but have a long streak of amazing, mind blowing movies that put you in the same level as Marvel, you can't compete with uh, with Avatar. Avatar is the one has a foot down. Most definitely. If you actually think about it, even though nobody's really talking about Avatar right now Mm -hmm. and everything else. And, and you know what, there are some parts of me is like, is it too little too late for Avatar to, are people going to be guaranteed to go back into theater to revisit Avatar? Yes. You know, you know why? Why is that? Because this is a movie, not about the movie, but this is a movie of where we we are at now, technology wise and uh, graphic wise. Uh, same thing as you know, Lucas is an amazing George Lucas is an amazing mind for Star Wars, right? But like the whole prequels was to basically show off his technology. Um, there are movies that are, are almost like a, a cursor of. Here's where we are at now, and look how beautiful and advanced we are. And it's going to make a billion dollars because it's the most amazing visual effects you've ever seen, and you have to experience it in IMAX 3D, you know? Those are, this is what Avatar is. It's not about the story. A little too late, if, if it was it had incredible mythology and, you know, the storyline we've been waiting for eight years, and it's like starting to lag. It's like, what's, we'll never know what's going to happen. No one really cares about the story. But once we see a trailer and be like, Whoa, what is that? 
that looks interesting. Like the visuals, and that's a sea monster thing that I've never seen it like that. And I have to see it in IMAX for sure. Ones will have that 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 feeling because it's you know it, it's it's a window to where we're at technology wise that makes money. That's true as well with the visual effects and things like that, and also too. It's going to be interesting to see where these characters are at now compared to where they were before. And also, too, you also mentioned the special effects. And I wonder if James's technology has changed over the years or it's going to feel like the 2009 Avatar or if this is actually going to feel like a 2020 Avatar with better effects. Oh, most definitely 2020 Avatar. He, James Cameron, I always put him in the same uh, in the same line as as George Lucas, uh, he's he's a good filmmaker, but he's um, an advocate of uh, movie technology and, and pushing the boundaries and offering something new, right? Uh, so I have a feeling when he publishes out Avatar two, he's gonna found new techniques and found new ways of presenting us things we've never imagined we can see visually. That's true. that's a shtick, you know. Same thing for George Lucas. Right, and not only that, but this is like putting Christopher Nolan in there and asking which one should move. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I was, that, that's a good. If that was be, if it was like Tenet versus uh, Avatar two, then that's a head scratcher because you got the two uh, opposite spectrums, right? You got a movie that showcases visual advancement, and then you have a, a movie that showcases probably the most brilliant filmmaker but also storyteller so one's for content the other one's for the 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 eye fluff right that would be hard to choose aquaman the first movie was good uh but right but jason momoa didn't stand out that much for me to be like i need to see him again i would love to see him but if you give me the choice between seeing the most mind-melting mind-brain uh fuck up movie uh and, (laughs) and and the most beautiful visual effects I'm sorry, Aquaman. You see, and I'm here's the thing. I loved Aquaman. I love the visuals with Aquaman and stuff like that. But you're comparing from apples to oranges with between, you know what I'm saying, with Avatar's visuals and Aquaman's visuals. And I like Avatar's visuals over yeah. Aquaman's yeah. visuals. And like you said, they're in the rebuilding phase of this whole entire thing. It would be different if they actually had the confidence yeah. that the MCU has yeah. and has that momentum where fans actually want to go out and see a DC film. Mm. You still have that split. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Mm. There's actually people out there that are uniting the fan base. I appreciate everything that Wonder Meg and all of them are doing with the fan base, but there's a lot more building that we have to do to get to that point. No, no. Definitely for sure, unless one day Marvel will buy DC because, you know, crazier things have happened. Um, but I don't know. Um, all right. That being said, uh, why don't we go to the next topic? Uh, my brain is uh, is exhausted of uh, theater talk. <laughs> okay. So I ended up coming across this. And as a matter of fact, I'm the one who wrote the article out about this. And how do you feel about the new Halloween movie? Do you not care about the Michael Myers thing anymore? Is it kind of like one and done for you? How did you like Bloomhouse's uh, reboot of uh, Michael of the whole entire Halloween movie? Uh, I never telling. I've never finished it because I was interested, but my girlfriend can't handle horror movies, and uh, I'm allowed around three to four horror movies per year. Uh, that's in our, uh, our our couple contract. 
<laughs> so I have to choose my um, I have to choose my horror movies with care. Uh, I actually chose this movie, and she's like, "No, fuck it, I'm not finishing it." So I've never actually finished the 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 remake, or not the remake, but the okay. the reimagining of Halloween. Uh, right. Probably would want to finish it eventually, but honestly, like, uh, just do something else. I mean, unless you got the most incredible. Uh, amazing, mind-blowing idea, and we're not going to see a rehash of something we've seen again and again, uh, just with better, you know, different actors and, and better cameras and stuff. It, it, it's done. Just move to other ideas. I mean, there's... Uh, g- give me a Phantasm remake, right? Give me... Um, mm. Freak, uh, I don't know. Give me... Give me something from the 80s. Give me a leprechaun, but better, you know, like a good leprechaun movie. Right. Give me something else. Don't rehash all the time the same horror. Uh, exactly. It's like it. Uh, I understand it's iconic, but it just. It has to be really good. <laughs> like if you do it like like if you're going to put your money into it. And you hope it's good. Like might as well just put it on a streaming service now. Uh, yes, it's going to make money and everything, but I don't know. I, I have a feeling they might be wasting their money to, to not get maybe the better returns. Because if I'm not mistaken, the, the other Halloween was kind of a mixed bag when it came to reviews, right? Uh, you're talking about this new one? Uh, but the, yeah, the, 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 the latest one. To be honest with you, I've seen good uh, reviews for it. Mm. I don't know if it's like it's been split or it's across the board. But I remember checking it out and going to the movies theaters to see it. And as a matter of fact, they even had this at the movie theater. They even had Michael Myers had like this uh, mannequin statue type of thing where it's actually moving around and it's having the uh, the theme song to Halloween. And this looks like a graveyard mm. in the movie theater. Mm. And that was actually pretty cool. But, you know, I wanted to see this because it's actually the showdown. It shows Lori as a survival person. She's no longer scared or anything like that. She's just paranoid with her granddaughter and stuff like that. And I thought that we were going to get this big old huge climactic scene where because she has this whole entire place booby trapped. I thought I was going to see booby traps all over the place and stuff like that. Mm. But I didn't, and I didn't get that. I didn't get that uh, feeling. And the only thing that happened towards the end was a complete letdown to me. Yeah. I was it was very anticlimactic, but there's a lot of stuff that I really did enjoy before the anticlimactic part came in. Hmm. I just wish that they would actually expand it out a little bit more. Yeah, maybe they will do in the second one. Maybe there there is still content to be done, uh, but I, I'm just not excited for it. Like I said, if you if you would ask me, I just I would want to see something I haven't seen in 30 years, you know. Or, or or give us something new, or or, or at least give us a, a complete different um, window and an aspect of Michael Myers, you know, uh, which right. I actually appreciated the Rob Zombie one because especially the kid part, of, like the first one, like the Psycho Kid for me was amazing. I I know a lot of people don't like that movie, but for me, it's my favorite Halloween movie. It's a psychological thing for most people I know. Uh, but I'm not the biggest Halloween fan to begin with, and I actually liked where um, they went, like uh, Rob Zombie went 
with the the psyche of the character to show the human <clears throat> before the monster but becoming slowly a monster and and feeling bad for him right it's he's a kid right he, he there's things that sometimes you don't control like there there's when a uh, something goes bad something goes bad but there's not much you can do and it it, it created this tragic sort of feeling for me for uh the adult michael myers now I started this movie and it looked interesting, but it's just like he's the whirlwind monster. They 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 took off again the human aspect of it, and I understand why because they wanted to have that legendary feeling of uh, Michael Myers being the boogeyman. But there's right. al- there's almost so much you can do. The same thing for Jason. Like after a while, Jason kills, Jason dies, Jason goes to hell, Jason. Like it's always the same thing, just a different title. Like move on, people. Right. Jason just does the same stuff over and over again, becomes very, very repetitive. And that's how I feel Halloween is becoming. And this is, you know what, this is actually what the uh, David Gordon said. Uh, David Gordon Green said in an interview mm. for Halloween Kills, he goes, if the first film was somewhat retelling the origin of Myers and getting us up to speed with where Laurie had been all these all those years, then part two is about the outrage of Haydenfield, Green said. Mob Rules was working title for mm. the film. Mm. It's about a, co- a community that is united by outrage and divided in how to deal with evil. Mm. Interesting. So how do you feel about that aspect? Um, It's different. I got to tell you that. Like, it, 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 almost, it would almost be interesting to see... Okay, so I understand. Okay, I I think I understand what you mean, and I was gonna say a comment, but let me just rephrase to see if that's exactly what you mean. So you mean like the whole movie, the perspective is more about the people hunting, um, hunting uh, Michael Myers and trying to chase him, and how to deal with this kind of evil. So the internal like population and less about Michael Myers, or that's what I'm gathering. I'm thinking that people are just tired of Michael, and they're trying, and they're turning their what they're doing is they're basically, I want to say, is like they're trying to run him out of town kind of thing. Like a witch hunt. Or whatever. Okay. A witch hunt. Um, yeah, actually, put it like that. That's what I was like going for, right? I want to see a different, like a different point of view, a different, a something else that is just not like the boogeyman's there and the boogeyman bashes the person's head on through a door and then he <laughs> rips it off and look he opens a car door and bashes it off too and look and it's always the same thing but if you're having <laughs> through a different eyes like yes probably have Louis Strode but then you know you follow the journey of the cop and finding the bodies and and you don't as much you know concentrate on Michael Myers but you see the disaster that Michael Myers um leaves the the trail of body he leaves you know and it's more of a thriller on saying where the fuck is he you know we've searched this we've searched that we thought it was him we thought it was that like having a more of a thriller mindset and 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 the whole climax is trying to 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 have a final fight scene and they finally find him i don't mind some people might not like it but that's a different i'm looking for uh same and that would also take away the anticlimactic feel that I feel felt for the other uh, this other Halloween that I had, mm. especially with with the way it ended. So it actually the way it ended it would actually make sense on on how they actually try to hunt him down. 
Okay, and how did we end it? Okay, basically what happens is this. Lori has this countertop. You saw the countertop that goes into the basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, Well, basically, she traps him down in the basement and everything to where he can't get out. The house is on fire, and the house is just burning up. And Lori and her daughter, granddaughter, leaves on the back of a truck. Mm. And that's how it that's how that's how it ends mm. like in the trailer spot it continues off of that same night and you see the ambulances you see the fire trucks running going over to Lori's house to put out the fire mm. and then you see the horrified look and her screaming because they're about to go ahead and put the fire out and let Michael live mm. okay so that was how it started out um yeah okay look honestly yeah that 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 actually with that ending and going with the aspect of of them chasing him because the 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 people who you know laurie survives but the people who are putting out the fire dies he goes somewhere but then you know there's a trail of bodies everyone's aware of 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 michael myers and there's like curfews now and there's you know almost going with what what we're what we're we're living through and what you you are living through even more right the the distrust with police and why haven't you taken this seriously before why does we have to have a bunch of people dying for finally like we do something right and having the fight and the 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 actual uh enemy of this movie is human nature and michael myers is able to extract the worst out of people because he keeps doing things that you know the most vicious dark side of, of humanities and it reflects on those people that have to live through it uh yeah the, the, the psychological aspect of that really interesting same here as well and also too they're actually getting the original kid who played to- uh, tommy doyle in it in this movie from the original halloween movie mm. they've got uh i want to say they actually have what's his the guy from ant-man paul uh Paul Rudd, I think, is back in it because he was in Halloween 6. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I think we're having a little bit of a Halloween reunion in this new movie. Oh, yeah, it's fun. That's cool fan service. This is going to work like Ghostbusters, right? Uh, the last right. one is kind of like a waste of, uh, of presence. Um, so that really depends on how they use it. But yeah, sure. Why not? All right. So now we're going into creep show. Yeah, the, the, I remember when I was young. Um, I don't remember specific episodes, but it's sad. I, I can't get Shutter in Canada. Uh, it's I would I would have, oh. and my girlfriend would have probably killed me. But um, <laughs> I, I, I definitely miss. Uh, I definitely miss uh, horror movies. Uh, and when I saw that Creep Show was going to be an exclusive, it, that makes so much sense, right? Um, right. And another thing that makes sense is if Bloomhouse would actually associate with with, uh, with Shutter eventually, uh, it's a perfect fit. But yeah, Creep Show, man, um, it had so many good little stories and uh, and scares. But does it translate to today's uh, day and age show? To be honest with you, they already renewed for a second season, so that's a plus. So there's there is actually a hit for this show. So mm. I'm actually happy about that. And they're using practical effects; they're not using CGI or anything like that. Oh, nice. They're actually using, yeah, they're actually using the cheesy out. They, they're they know what the show is. Mm. They're using the cheesiness of this whole entire thing, just like we got from the original. 
Mm. And that's something I actually respect about it is the fact that they didn't change up because this is a 2020 culture. They're going with an old 80s, 90s vibe to it with 90s dialogue. It feels like a Tales from the Crypt type of show. And, and you see, this is where like good management and good decision making from the heads makes sense. Someone elder understood that if you want to have something with quality and get repeat viewers, um, you know, this is something for the older audiences. Uh, and they love the product enough to be like, okay, let's make something that is not popular anymore and let's try to make it popular. It's a risk, right? It'd be so much easier right. saying, okay, let's put a green screen. Scream. Okay, perfect. Next. No, no, they're <laughs> going for the practical, and so many things can happen. As George Lucas in the desert, so many things happen with practical. Um, right. So, but they understood what it took to give that atmosphere. So, congratulations. It's it's not often you see uh, heads actually uh, taking a risk like that and and going forth with with a product that uh, most people would never even dare to do anymore in our day and age. Most definitely. And they also know the show. They actually know the context mm-hmm. of the show. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm happy about. Yeah, like they, and, they, they kept the flavor, right? Yeah, they definitely kept the flavor. And matter of fact, they combine two episodes. Matter of fact, they combine two stories into one episode. Okay. So you get one episode with two story, two stories every single time. So my here's the thing. I love the House of the Head. That's uh, season one. Mm. And the House of the Head is about this girl who has a dollhouse, right? Mm. And it's one of those big, huge dollhouses. Like those old-fashioned toy houses. Mm. And she she has this family and everything inside this dollhouse. But every single time she leaves, something new happens with those characters, with those those figures. Mm. The, char- they, uh, the, ca- the figures actually move to certain different places and everything. And all of a sudden you see this little shrunken head hmm. and everything. And she's horrified by it. And, and they do such a great job with this episode because even the, even the little figures have this horrified look on their face of this head that's inside their house. And so she decides to go ahead and get a police officer to help them. So what she does is she buys a police officer from the doll place and puts it in there. And, you know, her mom calls her for dinner. And at that time, the cop is just talking to the family, figuring out what's going on. Of course, there's no, there's no dialogue or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, the cop is dead. There's like blood coming from the doll. Huh. And then all of a sudden, uh, the hit, she winds up accidentally losing the head. Uh, she takes the head out and drops it on the floor. And guess what? That head winds up turning into a big, huge head. Okay. So now, yeah. So now she has to put, so get this. She winds up putting the head back into the dollhouse and it winds up shrinking because she doesn't want anything to happen to her family to where this head is actually going to kill them. Mm. So it was a little bit of cheesiness with it, you know? Yeah, but and, and that's what made Creepshow, and that was what made a lot of the, the, the early horror 80s, 90s, uh, and that's why some of us still go back to it. We know it's a bad movie, right? But there's a <laughs> right. charm in the bad movie. Um, but, okay, no, that, that's very interesting. Now, 
it's to see if they, they're able to to run with it, right? And not go too right. much into different. Um, like another show that I really loved and I'm happy uh, that the same thing, right? For then, you know, creep show, they understood the language of it. They understood the atmosphere and the way of thinking was um, uh, Twilight Zone, uh, the Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone, the remake. They understood the, the the history of that show, and they really stuck their guns, and they made out a fantastic product. Now, are they able to, to to continue and 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 continue with the philosophy that they began with? That's a hard thing, right? Because sometimes you have studio right. changes, you got change in power, change in hands, and then something goes lost in translation. So, same thing for Creepshow. Are they going to be able to keep that? 80s nostalgic cheesy magic or is it going to slip through the fingers because eventually it's going to be in the hands of someone who doesn't understand it you know what i wouldn't be surprised by season three or maybe season four if it goes that long that something like that would happen because that's usually what happens right yeah you get you have three good seasons and then maybe the executive leaves or the writer leaves yeah and then we have this new storytelling and then they want to change the effects they want to change everything that made creep show what it is yeah, because it's a fine balance, right? You you want to have your own style and your own vision of it, but you have to keep the the the, the core base uh, and make it your own. But it's still the core base that was left to you, right? So how do you do, how do you differentiate your own style for the the past style? So it's a very fine balance, and not many shows are able to do it, uh, except for maybe like Doctor Who, but. Doctor Who's like um, uh, mechanism for how to change a story is just unique on its own. So it's very hard to continue um, a show for so long with different showrunners and feel unified and 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 something very like a complete series and not like part A, part B, part C, and like part B is yeah we we don't talk about part B, you know, <laughs> right. But there's another episode that I do want to talk about. Hmm. It's called The Man in the Suitcase. Okay. And I'm going to tell you this. This episode is so cheesy, but it's so good. And basically, it's about this kid who comes in from out of town on a, on a trip to ask his parents for some money. Hmm. Right? So this is what winds up happening. Uh, he gets his luggage and he opens the suitcase when he gets home. There's a guy in the suitcase that's folded up into this little carry-on luggage thing where he's actually carrying uh, his carry-on. Hmm. And the guy, you know, he's uh, he's foreign and everything. So you, he's like, well, if you let me go and everything and help me out and everything, I promise you I'll reward you and everything. It's just that I need some help getting out of the suitcase. I ran into some really bad people and they put me in the suitcase. So, you know, the kid is trying to help him out of the suitcase, right? And every single time whenever he tries to help him out of the suitcase, he winds up spitting out gold coins. Okay. <laughs> and so, there's actually a concept, there's actually a lesson in the story in itself about greed. Mm. And basically his other friend and everything is only in it for the, as soon as he finds out that this guy is spending out money, he, they start going on a shopping spree. Mm. And so does the girlfriend. 
and everything. And they're both very shady people. His friend and the girlfriend both are. Hmm. And so they buy stuff for themselves and things like that without trying to help them. The other kid still feels guilty about what's going on. He wants to help this guy. And it's like every single time when he they hurt him, he spits out gold coins. Like, for instance, they got one of those little shaking machines or whatever back in mm. the day when you used to exercise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They shook him up, and a bunch of gold coins came out of the suitcase. <laughs> but there's actually a twist to that, though. But I'm not going to get into that spoiler territory. All right. As to why he's spitting out the coins or anything like that. But it is a very good... I like that episode because of the cheesiness of it, because of the lesson that mm. is actually taught in that episode. And, but still. And you see, like... Uh, if I can go off a bit of creep show, but still stay in the same vein, the type of show. Yeah. Um, one thing I've always thought myself, and this kind of proves if this kind of cheesiness works, uh, and you know, it's you watch a whole season and you can't wait to see a second one, and yet it's so freaking cheesy. DC has House of Secrets and House of uh, of Mystery, right? Which are short right. stories, um, the weirder things based off of like are surrounding a house uh, and you can have cameos of like uh, specter and Constantine and swamp thing and, and, and really expand, but having that short story aspect and having a bit of that cheesiness aspect, DC has those properties that they should start trying to branch out and, 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 and tell different types of stories like they did with Joker, right? It was so completely off the rails, but do that with your TV shows. You have DC all exactly. access. You have uh, mm-hmm. a Twilight Zone type or a Creepshow Zone, uh, zone type of uh, of titles. Use it to your advantage. And you see, I was going to get to DC All Access because they have this app, but they're not doing anything with the app. It's ridiculous. It's just sitting there collecting dust. You can make original content, even though it's uh, not going to be live action. You can make animated stuff. And have that going on with an anthology series kind of thing, like Creep Show. Yeah, and you know, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're they're definitely dropping the ball. I mean, especially if, once they have like, um, they have uh, relaunch of things. You got like uh, the new Batman coming out, and maybe Joker Two, etc. And you can start putting uh, it on DC All Access. Cool, but in the meantime. What's their strength? They're always been better right. than Marvel when it comes to animated, except for like maybe right. Into the Spider Verse. Um, they're short, like an hour and twenty-five, an hour and thirty uh, uh, minute uh, cartoons are actually pretty damn good. Um, they are, and they really are. I-, I keep getting surprised. There's a couple of them. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, that was a. But there's other ones that I was like, the, the quality alone of the visuals are amazing for like a straight to video type of thing. Right. And they can be, they're expensive, but they, they're not going to ruin you. So go audience for that. There's people who do, do love a lot of like uh, that miss, you know, Batman, the anime series and the GLA series and Superman, the series, right. Uh, that are cramming for uh, more adult stuff or more just cartoons based off of DC. But we're not getting that except for the Harley Quinn show. What else are you giving us? You know, they're, they're not using it for full potential. Right. And not only that, but I wouldn't be surprised if the DC All Access app starts dying and they switch it all over to HBO Max. Because don't forget, the Harley Quinn 
thing is now on HBO Max, I believe. So, and also Doom Patrol is on there too. Mm. So it wouldn't surprise me before long, DC All Access is dead. And then everything moves over to HBO Max. Because if you... Yeah. Because another... uh, Because I want to actually talk about this though too. The reason why I say that is because we already have a Green Lantern coming out. We also Mm. have... Uh, Justice League Dark coming out, so it makes sense for them to kill the app and for everything they go over to HBO Max. And maybe that's why it's it's been collecting dust because they know where it's going, and you know, poor people are still paying it. It's not it's not available in Canada, so if not, I would have bought it and probably be, be very pissed about it. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's sucky for the people who gave it a chance, right? Uh, that's what I don't like about WB and and DC sometimes. Uh, I find that their decisions and their way of, of of thinking about their movies and their content and and how they treat the audience, I I, I sometimes find that they t- take advantage of us or they don't really consider us in the equation and they just hope things work right, not really caring about the fan base and and the money they spend and the the voices they have right. I feel like that too because I feel like all they care about is the executives. Yeah. And that's it. And we're not the minority. We're just pawns who actually go out and see the movies. Yeah. Or and the ha- t- cartoons. And, and have PTSD because uh, there's there's flashbacks to Suicide Squad and how bad that was. Um, I mean, oh. <laughs> uh, it's I mean D- DC disappointed me so many times, so much more than Marvel. And yet I'm a much more D- bigger DC fan. And it pisses me off every time because I want to see not just one or two, I want to see 10 years of amazing DC right. movies that, you know, be like, yeah, that was the that was a decade of DC. Yeah, we can't say that. And I probably won't be saying it for a long time, if ever, right now. Right. And you see, we're not just downing DC because we want to down DC. No. All we want is good storytelling. That's all we want. We want a good story so we can say, yes, DC's back on the map now. DC knows what they're doing. They're not hiding their stuff from us. They know what they're doing. Yeah. And, and, right now. And they keep getting us, right? We're, we're, we keep suckering in. It's like it's like 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm, I'm high as hell, and I have the munchies. <laughs> and every time I order McDonald's, they never give me my extra large fries, and they, they, it tastes like shit. And they, they don't give me the extra <laughs> sauce. But every time I'm like, I'm giving them a chance again because I'm high, and they need my Big Mac, and still get disappointed and be like, why? And then two weeks after, I still do the same, right? They sucker us in. Right and and again we get had like at one at one point do we stop giving them chances? That's true, and not only that, but I always also went into like the Harley Quinn movie with low expectations, thinking Mm. that was actually going to help my experience because usually when I have low expectations and everything of a movie, I wind up walking out of the movie theater going, "Wow, that's great," but I walked out with feeling the same way I felt when I came in, which is not good. I see. I actually had the chance to finish it, um, and I actually liked it a lot. I I won't be. I won't lie. Mm. Um, I I was in the mindset of saying, uh, "This is not going to be good," and I was. I, it was kick ass. I have to admit, I was a lot more surprised and enjoyed it than I thought I would. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed the movie and everything. I really do. I'm I'm really happy for you. <laughs> Um, Only thing missing to that statement is, but your choice of movie sucks, Louis. You have no taste. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, nah. I'm not going to say that to you. (laughs) You're going to think it, though. I know what you're thinking, John. 
Hey, you did recommend Icarbellium, and I love that movie, by the way. I just yeah, want to say that. Which we're going to still have to do, uh, because I still haven't watched the movie you, you recommended. Uh, a little question for you as, uh, before we, okay. we end. Did you have time to uh, watch Mandy on Shutter? I'm trying to go. I'm, I'm trying my best to concentrate on that, because so far, I'm not that impressed. Really? But, yeah, so I'm going to have to give it another shot. I think okay. it was just because maybe I was tired from work. Mm. So I think that might have a lot to do with it. So I need to actually go back with a fresh mind and take, okay. and dive into it a lot more for a second chance. Okay. It's a very unique movie. There's a long buildup until like the, the actual revenge scenes. But yeah, I understand why when he said about, um, suggested to me, uh, it's my kind of movie. It might not be yours. I like my fucked up movies. I like my, <laughs> you know, non linear movies there's a lot of concept behind it and when nicholas cage goes nuts nicholas cage goes nuts in this movie it's beautiful um i loved it i i wouldn't be surprised or i wouldn't you know i wouldn't put, put a pass yet to not get this movie or not like it because it's panos cosmatos and this guy has his own unique vision that not many people get though well if you're looking for a messed up movie to watch check out midsummer I think that might be up your level too. Miss um, Omnar, yeah, I heard about it. I I, just, I don't know where to get where, where I, what like platform to look it on. I have Crave, I have Netflix. Um, it might be on Amazon, but I don't know. Yeah, where it's to... on Amazon. Ah, I see. That's why. Okay, all right. Yep. And what, as a matter of fact, the guy from JoeBlow.com told me to check it out. So when we did our review, that's what we did. Okay. But, yeah, so I I know that you like your crazy fucked up shit. So yeah, <laughs> so so I'm like, you know what? This is perfect for you. So I'm getting <laughs> so that's my present to you as a way. <laughs> so, All right, I I see how you see me fucked up and weird. Thank you, John. <laughs> hey, I love my friends like that though. Yeah. Now, now I, I have to leave you to to talk to my imaginary friend. I haven't known them for for a bit too long. And we're supposed to be playing with, with knives now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> which voice? Is, which voice is gonna be in your head doing that one? <laughs> uh-huh. Oh no, he, he, it's it's not a voice in my head. It's an actual imaginary friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I stopped taking just, my medication. No. <laughs> <laughs> just don't burn down the house. That's all. <laughs> Are you not supposed to do that? No, that was no, okay. No, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. Well, I, you know, it took me 33 years into a burnt house to realize that. Well, thank you, John. You're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, with that being said, that's the show. I I appreciate you being on, man. It's it's a blast having you on. <laughs> thank you. And like with the last part, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I'll never be here again. Like the you'd be like, yeah, he was talking about burning houses and nice and imaginary friends. He was cool, but yeah. <laughs> No, it's, it's a pleasure to be on. It's a pleasure to be on, especially I wasn't supposed to be on today because, uh, you know, like I said, weed and um, uh, and and heat does not mix together uh, and anxiety as well. But um, I actually had a, a good time, especially thinking about the, the movie theater thing. I, there's certain aspects I wasn't thinking about, but kind of made me reflect. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for that, man. You're very welcome, man. You're welcome on the show anytime. And where can everybody find you? Yeah, pretty easy. Uh, yeah, the best place to find me at is the official Schmoes of the North, um, either Facebook page and or Twitter on Norton Schmoes. 
Also, we do have a podcast feed on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the perfect and all the good uh, podcast feeds. We'll have our show. It's Schmoes of the North. We got two main shows going on right now. It's the Frenchie Talks About. It's more of a life topic uh, show. Uh, like uh, like we said at the beginning of the show, I had Crane Hobbs and his documentary. We'll talk about that. Um very soon, and we also have a movie um, a show called The Frenchie Watches. We don't just do reviews. We really go deep, deep in the psychology of the movie, the deeper meaning of, and if we can find deeper meaning of in Clerks 2, we can find deeper meaning of in Expandables. We can find uh, deeper meaning of any movie possible. So have a look at that if you're interested. If not, you'll find me in bed because I'm tired. Okay, and you guys can actually find me in bed pretty soon, and you guys can follow me on all platforms, on all social ma- uh, media, Facebook, Twitter, just look for Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite. Also, too, if you guys want to donate me a cup of coffee, go ahead and donate me a cup of coffee. It goes towards uh, keeping the lights on, everything else over here, as far as getting microphones and things like that. You can go to buymeacoffee.com, and always, until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye.